This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark, and what we're doing today is a little bit of catch-up, and I am taking Patroclus, my eight-year-old male pug, on his first solo paranormal pug adventure here at Safety Harbor at the Native American Mound, uh, the Temple Mound, and I am meeting folklorist Christopher Balzano, uh, and we're actually going to do a little bit of a crossover here. So he'll be interviewing me for his folklore podcast and events, and I'll be interviewing him for Paranormal Pets and another recheck of the mound. So we're going to get started with that right after these messages. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free at Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. It is a beautiful, beautiful spring day here at Safety Harbor's Philippi Park. I am currently waiting for Christopher to arrive. He's coming from a different part of the state of Florida, so I thought I would take just a few minutes to update folks and evaluate a little bit about what's going on with Patroclus today. So in addition to everything else in life, I will be speaking this Thursday at a an event called Nerd Night at the Iberian Rooster in downtown St. Petersburg. I am talking about what I have learned in two decades of paranormal investigation. And of course, I will be talking about paranormal pugs and paranormal pets as part of that presentation. Otherwise, we're looking at potential participation in the world's largest ghost hunt again and uh, trying to set up a few other events, including hopefully a walkthrough of Whedon Island, which is also alleged to be haunted. But in the meantime, I am also working with Patroclus as a new generation of paranormal pug. As you recall, uh, he'll actually be my third generation. I started off with a black pug by the name of Odyssey, who was exceptionally uh, sensitive and inquisitive, very human for a pug. And he passed away about 2009. And so as he aged and I prepared for his transition, I started bringing his protégés, Odysseus and Achilles. They were littermates and brothers, obviously, and they worked very well together. So they were hams, they enjoyed going out, but when they both responded to something, I kind of knew there was something going on. So they kind of worked in sync. Unfortunately, Odysseus passed away in October, 
and so I still have Achilles but Achilles is about 13 and a half now I opted not to bring him because as an elder pug we'll be doing some walking around uh, the mound in the midden and I did not want to take a chance on fatiguing him uh, he's also a little bit of a prima donna and uh, it's quite funny to think that if the warrior Achilles for whom my pug is named had lived would he become a voluptuous well-rounded center of attention attention-seeking diva like my Achilles but again because of the mound because of the the level of walking and actually uh, both Odysseus and Achilles were here before and it's uh, another episode of paranormal pets uh, it's episode 79 when they visited the mound with me I opted to keep him home and Patroclus is going to be a little bit different he is eight years old and of course uh, Patroclus comes uh, the name comes from the Iliad he is the protege if you will the beta male to Achilles alpha male of the uh, Iliad story and of course it's Patroclus who keeps Achilles human and it is his death that devastates Achilles so hopefully that's not going to happen today but Patroclus is a little bit more unique he came to me as a puppy I have raised him but no litter mate he was actually the last of his litter and so he has a very unique temperament. He can be a little standoffish, which is interesting for a pug. Yet, something magical happens to pugs. Once they hit around the age of eight, they become a lot mellower and a lot more inert interactive, I guess. For years, Patroclus, you know, kind of sulked in the background, and now he's he's kind of blossomed a bit more. So every morning, he is a morning pug, unfortunately, so he's awake early, and uh, he's wiggly and cute, and he wants cuddles, and I mean, all of that's relatively new. It started about a year ago, so he's kind of in that uh, in-between phase where he's mellowing, more interactive, but he has been a part of a pug grumble uh, his entire life. He's always been part of a pack. So taking him out kind of on a solo adventure is new for both of us, but one pug oftentimes is enough to handle a, a situation like this. He is still young enough to make the walk uh, at middle age, and he is also mature enough not to be going crazy. So we'll kind of see how this goes. He definitely enjoyed the ride up here. He may have been a little bit upset that he wasn't allowed to drive, but uh, you know, details. And as we wait here at the pavilion, he's been looking around quite a bit. He's very interested in what's around us, and I think he's just kind of taking it all in. So we will see, there we go, how he does uh, walking around the Native American mound. And just to give you a little bit of history on this area once more, this actually belonged to the Tokabaga, Native American tribe, or Tokabaga, depending on how you want to say that. This is the Temple Mound. It's basically the largest remaining mound in the Tampa Bay area. So the Philippi Park is also the oldest park in the county, having been established as a county park in 1948. So it's kind of a, a fairly historic element. Most likely they think that this mound was used for ceremonial purposes and that this was kind of uh, an outside area leading to more of a centralized town or plaza for the Togabagan Native Americans here. Now, part of the problem is that the native tribes to Florida, remember that Florida is basically the first contact for the United States. So the Spanish certainly set up missionaries here. They did send conquistadores, which interestingly enough are still said to show up as ghosts in this area. But the European contact was not particularly good for the Native American tribes of Florida. We do know that by the 1700s, a lot of the tribes had basically collapsed 
uh, due to disease, due to economic failures as they desired more European goods, due to transformations of the religious ideals and the cultural ideals. So it's uh, it's a bit of a mix here. So it's a historical site, but uh, a lot of research still has to be done. Remnants of the Native American tribes in Florida actually moved north and merged up into South and North Carolina and Georgia into those tribes up there. And then uh, those tribes eventually moved back down into Florida where they become the Seminole, oftentimes living in the Everglades and known as wild men. My goodness, uh, as you can hear, we've got a bit of wind today, which will make this a very exciting broadcast. <laughs> but Florida actually just had a cold front. This area just had a cold front that hit. And uh, yesterday was an absolutely miserable day with lots of rain, threats of tornadoes and hail. Uh, naturally, that didn't manifest. It was more of a, a massive thunderstorm with two basic lines of rain going through. However, to combine with this odd weather, we also need to remember that yesterday was the full moon. It was Good Friday. It was the start of Passover. And of course, that full moon, it's also known as the pink moon. And if you're into astrology, because I have one friend that is, uh, it is also the second Libra full moon which means, you know, it's kind of an unusual time. Now, we'll kind of see how all of this works out, but uh, going on with the history, so this was a village. Uh, when the Spanish arrived, uh, they basically said that, uh, you know, the Tocobagan were very strong, well-muscled, and agile. They were had bows, stone-tipped arrows, and spears, and ultimately, we end up with uh, Navarez, who comes here in 1528 with 400 men. Navarez is a conquistador, and he's looking for gold and silver. Over. Unfortunately, he is actually reputed to have very little concern for the natives. And in fact, closer to where I live is a, a park called Whedon Island, which is also supposed to be haunted by the spirits of native settlers, native, actually the native culture that was here. And uh, Navarez would raid villages, uh, would slaughter people. And uh, the ghost at Whedon Island is said to be that of a woman who stepped out to defend her son, who Navarez was attacking. He loosed his dogs on her and they disemboweled her. Anyhow, we end up with Navarez and Navarez does not do super well. Some of that karmic uh, balance comes back to bite him and his expedition is primarily doomed. Only four men survive and return, which is kind of interesting. We do know that Pedro Menendez de Aviles, who founded St. Augustine, was also here in 1567, and he was looking for a direct waterway between Tampa Bay and St. Augustine. There was always this theory, and at one point, if you're not aware, the state of Florida actually intended to carve a, a canal from coast to coast to allow for interwaterway shipping. That actually, they started dredging, and they started the project, I believe, in the 1940s, and it was never completed. So, the legend here that we're going to be taking a look at is uh, is one that I've described before. So, it basically is, as I, oh, the wind is helping me open my papers, that's great. I actually was working in this area in the late 1990s. I worked for a company that had an office in Safety Harbor, and we actually took a picnic here. I was told that there was a Native American midden in the park, and that it was haunted, and the story is that it is haunted by the ghost of a, a priest 
He's seen at the mound at certain times, usually at sunset, and it is associated with the direction of the west. We actually did investigate a few times. There are two legends associated here. The first is that there's a Native American haunting, and then the second involves Odette Philippi, the first non-native settler in the region. He established a plantation in this area in 1821, and he was buried somewhere in the park area, theoretically near the homestead, but his grave has never been found. So now that you know a little bit of the history, we'll actually get started with our episode right after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. Proclus is doing all right, although he's been a little bit cagey. But I think it's just the newness of the situation and not having a pack. And so this would have been like the temple. Yes. Would have been on top of here. So the temple would have been on top of here. Burial mound. Correct. And then they think, what you doing, buddy? I am throwing stuff. <laughs> Thank you. That's called calibration now. Come on. But they do think that there was a definite plaza a little further inland. All right. You doing all right? Is this exciting? I'm not leaving. On his first investigation, Albert witted, Patroclus actually uh, kind of hit on something. He was uh, staring at this one area very intently. This is the liveliest I've seen him. <laughs> yes. He's having some fun. Oh, there's another, yeah, another dog. But he stared very intently at this one spot, and it turns out that was one area that they had some activity. But that, unfortunately, is the only baseline I have for him, so we'll see how he does. What do you think? Anything? Just a lot of noise. Okay. The view is astounding. Isn't it gorgeous? And um, this, this is the mound. I can't believe how much it's altered. Like this is just. And I'm sure it's weathered down sick. as well. Yeah. yeah. So of all the places, this would have been the least likely to have someone buried here. This was all sand and shells, sand and shell and sand and shell. Right. As for some areas around. So anything you might have here is probably. And that's the the theory. So the idea is that uh, you see a, a shaman walking up the mound. Now, which side do they say that he's walking? The west. The west, which is. So. Of, I know it's the noon. Worst possible time. Like, <laughs> Wait, I have a compass. I need a compass, but it's in the car. That's a compass in the car. I think it's in my purse. <laughs> so hold on. 
You never go anywhere. That's not ours, is it? Or is it yours? That's fine. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure I'm like, oh. All right. There you go. See, Chris. somebody can find West. There you go. Thanks. And let me know if that twists as well. It has an unusual. So West is this way. So the West. That's where he would be coming up from the water, though. Yeah. And normally the activity that folks report, at least with the sensitives, tends to be a little bit more towards the trees. So it could be that they actually came up and moved around. Nope, I was reading it wrong. The red arrow points that way. That's north. North, west. West. So okay. from that area. Which is still odd. I've said because most of the time when I have folks here, it's always in the trees. To the point that I even had one person say they think the trees are the opening of the portal for the entity. Well, Which we do have all of the oaks. You know, I think that being where I was living and seeing things, it was like to originally start hearing about the oaks was odd. It's like, oh, it's, you know, and yet we're these are some a lot old oaks in Florida than <laughs> thought originally, right? Yes. Yeah. And actually, it's fine. Is there anything that you see, sense? Well, the tail is partially up, and he's curious, heading into the grass. Whoa, honey. Nope, no jumping. Well, he definitely doesn't show a lot of fear heading into the oaks. Isn't that gorgeous? He does show a lot of curiosity. He does. No jumping. He really wants to go down that way. Let's go down there. <laughs> what do you think, boy? Or are you just curious? All right. So he's got a curiosity about uh, this one area that heads down a little bit with the trees. And it looks like Confederate Jasmine. Somebody was doing some landscaping. Do you want to come in? <laughs> yep. Whoa. <laughs> I'm looking at the top. There's something funny about here. Yeah. That is really cool. Looks like a holly. At least with the berries. Oh. It's got to be two trees. Rather than saying a psychic, uh, usually a sensitive is just one who's a little more open. And that's more like a, kind of like a spiritual telephone. Able to sense or pick up images or ideas. Feelings, yep. Um, Empathy. Exactly, yeah. They have concrete in here. They have concrete in there? Yeah. I've only ever seen that one right interesting. I'm assuming it's to shore up the tree. All right, we'll keep taking pictures. So if there's anything here that wants to communicate nicely, please let us know. Show up in the images. Leave a recording for us. No jumping down there, buddy. Nope. You like the stairs. Is that what you're looking at? And it's ironic because pugs do not like stairs. Really? <laughs> oh, I have to carry them. <laughs> no, he's excited. I would totally take this behavior as something. Some sort of energy. He seems happier to me now. Yeah, <laughs> we're moving around, huh? So no, Brandy, I don't like to qualify or quantify when I Plastic but they bag. do like to talk to me. They're gonna get stuck. You're gonna get stuck. Come oh, on. nope. Good job, buddy. Come on. You ready? Keep going, Patrocola. You can go. Come on. It's alright. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. You good? Yeah. We like the wall. Are you part cat? Is that what's <laughs> happened? Can you do it? Which way, buddy? Which way? Back up. He's going to be tired today. <laughs> so now that I'm home, the conclusion for this Temple Mound visit and this training with Patroclus is that overall, I think he was quite successful. I was impressed that he seemed much more animated in areas of activity. 
particularly since he had been kind of lethargic and bored for a big part of the investigation. And he had actually been present while we were doing interviews and pre-work to our mound walk. Uh, He was pretty detached and uninterested until we actually walked the mound. So I think Patroclus might have some potential as a paranormal pug. I guess he will be the third generation that I'm working with, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this works out. But for now, that is the conclusion to our episode. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you will tune in again. Until next time, remember to adopt and happy haunting. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. (laughs) 